Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone, I'm Johnny Herbert. And I'm Billy Bunga. And welcome back to Lift and Lid. Thanks again for everyone who's downloaded the pod so far and has sent in their questions. But if you haven't yet given us a follow on your podcast platform of choice, what are you waiting for? It means you won't miss an episode and do check us out on social media too at Lift the Lid Pod. This week we're tackle all major talking points from the paddock and look ahead to the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Right then, Johnny, it's time to dust off our passports, mate. We're out for the second race of the season. You're actually back out at the track, which is going to be exciting. Yeah. You've got to download our boarding pass, get ready to head out there. Mate, Jeddah, race two of the season. Bahrain went down a storm, really. It was a good race. We had some good talking points that came off the back from that one. Firstly, what do you reckon to the Jeddah circuit, mate? We had a, we've had a few changes from last year. Yeah. But it's a bit of a different challenge for a driver, I'd say, than Bahrain. What do you make of it? Oh, it, it is. I like it. And I like it because it's, uh, one, it's a massive challenge because it's very, very fast. I know a lot of the drivers complain, oh, we can't see around the corner and it could be a dangerous situation. Then I, then I give that a little bit of force and I think, well, yeah, if something has happened, normally there's a yellow flag that warns you that something has happened <laughs> around the corner. There are yeah. many circuits coming out of the tunnel in Monte Carlo for example you can't yeah. see on the exit of that one either it's not the first track that these drivers have gone to and and and, and had to deal with this it feels a feels a bit old school doesn't it mate yeah and I think that's what's good about it yeah I completely agree yeah so so I like it they have made a few changes this season yeah go on then tell us what they are do you know well I, th- I mean obviously as well it is a night race as well Johnny so you mentioned there straight off the bat about the visibility and that whole prospect for the drivers of looking around the corners but it's a night race as well did you do many night races in in your time obviously that's more of a new introduction to formula one have you ever driven you know a racing car in the dark and, and gone through that process uh formula one car in the dark but i've actually i've only done that in a two-seater uh in abu dhabi so so yes 
I have actually done that. Lamar, obviously, but the Formula One car, no, only in Abu Dhabi. And to be honest, Billy, it wasn't a problem at all. You know, those lights are so bright. You see absolutely exactly the same things that you see when it's in the daylight. So it's never, from my side anyway, a big issue for the drivers. All I do remember, I think it was when the first year they went to Singapore, when Mark Webber had a bit of a crash. I can't remember what turn it was before they went across the little bridge, I think it was. And there was a little dark area. But that was a new new track. And they did sort of, you know, write that uh, for the following year. And they sort of did brighten it up. But generally, yeah, it's not a problem at all. And actually, it's pretty good fun as well. Yeah, I've never had that feeling myself of driving a, a single-seater car at dark, but I'm sure it's pretty exciting. And I mean, you know, nowadays yeah, with visors, tinted visors, I'm pretty sure there won't be any issues with glare or anything like that. But they, these boys have done it for a few years now. As much as it's a new concept, and to maybe to me and you, we haven't driven, you know, in a proper Formula One race or at the, the highest end of single-seater sure. racing in, in those conditions. Those boys are used to it, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that won't be an issue. Yeah. Talking about... You said about the tracks, you know, mate, it's high speed, isn't it? Off the back of what we've seen so far, Bahrain and stuff, I love a high speed circuit. I don't know about you, but what car do you think is going to be quicker, mate? I've got a feeling Ferrari are going to be more in the mix this weekend. I think there'll be them, Aston Martin and Red Bull in the mix. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Yeah, well, I think Fred Vasseur said after the weekend, remember we were, oh, I think I was talking about the car was sort of bouncing around and moving around a bit too much. Maybe that's what Fred was alluding to, where the setup of the car wasn't quite what it uh, should have been in Bahrain. So let's hope that is something that is going to be the case and it is something they're going to be able to sort of dial out a little bit more when they get to uh, to Saudi. But But I think we both know it's a very, very smooth track as well. So I think the issues and the bumps that we have in Bahrain are going to obviously come into effect when we get to to Saudi. So you're right. I hope Ferrari do get in the mix. And I do expect them to do that. We know Red Bull's going to be quick anyway. So we don't need to talk about them so much. But uh, Aston Martin, I really hope that is a situation where we see them right in the mix. I think we will. But as as you said before, everybody's got to remember that they've got to get that qualifying right to give them a better chance when it goes when they go into the race. But from a from a straight line speed perspective for Aston Martin, they looked okay in Bahrain, didn't they? So let's 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 hope so, Billy, because I think it will be brilliant on that on that track with the speed that those cars are doing around there. And we have sort of, you know, six drivers, but three teams sort of fighting it out. But I, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a brilliant, a brilliant race for us when we thought it was going to be a brilliant race in Bahrain, which didn't quite turn out to be. But it's a good chance, I think, this time around. Yeah, I think, like you say, John, it'd be good to have three teams up there. Ferrari in Bahrain, they did have straight line speed. That's one thing they did have for sure. So yeah, hopefully that translates across well when we get, Six cars in the battle. We mentioned a little bit there already, May, about Red Bull and how, you know, one, two at the first race. And, you know, it could be maybe not worth talking about potentially. But <laughs> I want to start with Checo because, you know, last year in Saudi, he caused a little bit of an upset in qualifying particularly, you know, sticking it pole position, you know, out qualifying Max Verstappen yeah. in a Red Bull, which doesn't happen too often, mate. He was fairly close to Max in Bahrain in qualifying on the race. Obviously, we saw Max was in a league of his own. But do you think if someone like Sergio can could nail it on the Saturday again and say out qualify Max, if he's maybe got got himself a bit more comfortable with that Red Bull and he likes the track the track at Jeddah, do you think 
he can realistically keep Max behind for a race distance? Or is that are we asking too much of Jacko when we're talking about keeping Max behind for a whole race? And we should be asking too much, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it, it could be a track, Billy. I'll, t- I'll tell you that it just might suit him. You know, certain drivers they have certain tracks. Remember, Fauci and Bottas always went well in Russia, for example. This may be a yeah. track that sort of suits um, Sergio. And if it is the case, then that only helps us because he will be able to hopefully challenge like he did last year in, in qualifying. So there is a chance that, that he will be able to sort of, I don't know, rub Max up the wrong way during the weekend because it won't be something that he's expecting I guess I'm sure he's going to look back on what happened last year, but I think he's always going to be so confident. Do you think Checo's got that in his locker, Johnny? Yeah, I think he has, but it's how often he's got it in his locker to be able to do that. And that, I think we've yeah. discussed this before. Yes, you know, doing it once or twice a year, you know, is great, but it's never going to win you a, a world championship. So I, th- I think he can believe. I think we all know there are always tracks that we went to that we thoroughly enjoyed. You know, I remember when, in my younger days, the track that I still look back at and I do miss is Old Park. Just for example, you know, love that track. Yeah, Alton Park is a quality circuit, mate. Proper, yeah, exactly. Love it. Undulation. In terms of the racing tracks I've driven on, that was probably for me one of like, it had such an old school feel about it in the sense that if you made a mistake, you know, you were punished there, even though there was grass runoff and sometimes you'd look at it and think, oh, I could get away with, you know, dropping a wheel on there. Some of the bumps at Alton Park, you come through Cascade, you go off line, you end up on a bump. You end up ripping half yeah, your car off in the process. You see that? That went that went through my leg when I dropped a bit too much on the yeah. dirt on the park. That's the wishbone from my Formula Four sixteen hundred <laughs> that went straight through my leg. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a toughy one. That one. <laughs> I've not got bits of my car lying around. <laughs> no, I bet not. <laughs> yeah, don't crash. It's not a good thing. Not a good no. Thing. No, we, we've both been through that yeah. process before, so going that's for back. sure. Let's go back. Let's go back to the boys. Yeah, Sergio. Sergio, yeah, I think uh, you know, it'd be okay. But we also know Charles was good there last year. Yeah, Charles was good there last year as well. So we know he runs well at that circuit as well, isn't it? It's brilliant because it really does give us a chance for these guys to show us what they're all about. Yeah, it does feel like the sort of circuit as well where because the walls are so tight in Saudi and stuff like that, it feels like the sort of circuit where one driver can make a difference over one lap. And normally that would be a Max Verstappen, but like you say, maybe it's Charles's turn. He's, you know, good on a Saturday too. Maybe he's going to step up to the mark. What about the the two the two Mercs, mate? Obviously, it feels weird to have a conversation about winning Grand Prix and who we think is going to be up there and not talk about Lewis Hamilton or George Russell. I mean, <laughs> those two boys, you know, between them have had some, some great success already in their careers. Lewis Hamilton in particular, yeah. he's a seven-time world champion Indeed. for a reason. Have you seen all the the aftermath after the, the first race about, you know, they need a new car concept and, you know, Lewis's comments in particular about, you know, the team maybe not listening to his feedback on car design. It doesn't sound like a happy camp at Merck at the minute, mate, does no. it? No, uh, but I do. I don't know about you. I remember that being spoken about last year as well, where we're going to get to a point yeah. where we need to sort of bin this one and start again. But of course, they dug deep uh, back at the factory and said, no, no, we can turn this around. That's obviously the, the full process that was going on. <laughs> and then straight out of the box once again this season, uh, no, it's not. It's not being sorted in any shape or form, and it's it's a very difficult thing, Billy, because I think we we know that you know our input was always a very important part of driving our race cars, and you had to work with your engineer to yeah. be able to get the right setup or the right direction for a little bit of development work that was done. 
or we were able unable to do. Um, and sometimes I think the drivers are not listened to as much as they used to be because the technology is so advanced nowadays and they can sort of find these extra points of downfalls or big chunks of downfalls on a CFD or a wind tunnel or wherever it may be. And they think that's that's enough. But it's not always enough because one, you've always got to rely, haven't you, on what the other teams are doing. But it's also how the driver feels. The human element is still an important, massively important part of it. Yeah, it's a massive part. And both those drivers, they sort of said, we're not comfortable. We can't feel it. It's all a bit numb. That was last year. And the concept's the same. And they've got the same issues, it seems. Awful situation. Yeah, it's never always the case that the car of Formula 1 with the most downforce will win all the time. Because if if you've got a car that's not easy to drive, it's hard to extract the maximum out of it then you know it's all well and good it look like you say johnny it looking good on cfd or you know yeah all of that sort of stuff but if it's if it doesn't give the driver confidence on the racetrack then you fundamentally you're in a tricky position and you're going to struggle to get the maximum out of it where do they go from here oh good question that is mate boss it's not no easy answer here is there johnny i mean You'd like to think that all those bumps over the winter, that they would have, you know, they've gone with this direction for a reason. But the fact exactly. that after one race, it seems like they're scrambling around a bit. It doesn't feel like, I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel like to me that these are like the hallmarks of a, a team that's had so much success in the last few years. It feels a little bit scrappy, which is so not yeah. like Mercedes. You know, you think Toto Wolff has run that ship so tightly over the last few years, just absolutely dominating the sport. And you know, this is obviously the second year that things at the minute don't look like going on the right direction and that they're going to be able to fight for a constructors and drivers championship. But it does feel like, I don't know, I didn't expect things to sort of fall apart in the way that I feel like they potentially could or it feels like that way at the minute. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's, it, I think if there's a feeling as well. It's not a happy camp. No, I get that impression as well. Yeah. So that's from the drivers. That's from Toto's comments. So if that, that's the comments coming from the guys who sort of, you know, on the forefront. The guys back at the factory and the girls back at the factory, they must be feeling awful with the situation they find themselves in. So I hope they sort it out, but it's one of those things. Buddy boy, do you try and sort it out for this shit or do you just look or have a long-term change in that sort of whole dynamic of uh, the way that car's reacting for next season, you know? I think it's a very hard thing, isn't it, to change now? I guess that's what you could say Aston did last year. They kind of yeah. realised that, you know, their their car hadn't gone they hadn't gone down the right route with it. So they quite quickly sort of changed it more towards the Red Bull design, I think it's fair to say. Reno, we've we've had a few comments in, in Bahrain from Christian Horner where he was kind of saying, you know, it's very flattering to have all three of them up there, sort of alluding that the Aston Martin had kind of, you know, copied the yeah. car to a certain extent. So it, it does feel like you know, are they going to just write this season off after one race out of 23 and kind of just think about next year? I don't get the impression yeah. that Mercedes are built that way, to be honest, mate. I think, you know, Toto Wolff's not going to want to sit, you know, in his seat, smashing hands on, on the desk like he usually does when things aren't going right. I think sure. he's going to want to, you know, actually try and see some progress. So they're going to have to, to do something um, extreme. I think that's... That's the fair point to, ah, to say. it. Well, there you go, Billy. Now, there's the thing, extreme. Now, what is extreme? Now, again, we look at what Adrian Newey has done over sort of his time in Formula 1. We look at what he's doing still at the moment with his team, team of people. They all understand each other. They all know what they 
They need to be able to give their drivers to uh, to be fast on the track. And that's where Dan Fellows has had that experience, the understanding. So there's a philosophy that I think Adrian has been able to create over over the many years he's been around in, in Formula One and, and before that. So the people that have always been there working with him have a similar mindset. And I think what we see with the yeah. Aston Martin is that same sort of mindset that he's been around when he was at Red Bull, Dan Fellows, that is, and his team. And they've been able to then take it to Aston Martin. Applying it doesn't always work. And I've seen this many times where drivers uh, have a car that, that as you looked at the new design team that's come from a, from, a, from a team that has been very successful, and it doesn't actually work out to be the case. But with, with uh, the Aston Martin, it, it has. And like you just said, you know, uh, Red Bull have sort of said, you know, we're not worried about it at all uh, with what uh, Danny's sort of able to take or the team is able to take to Aston Martin. But but they've been able to to make it work. Now, yeah. what do Mercedes do? Their philosophy for two seasons now has been wrong. How do you change that? Because you don't yeah. understand it. You don't have that capacity to go, ah, we need to go this way or this way. But that's the problem. You don't know. Yeah. The, the, the one thing as well, I think, mate, with it, when it comes down to that whole idea of, you know, like you say, sort of going with someone else's philosophy that you maybe don't understand is that it just feels like if Mercedes did that, they'd always be one step behind Red Bull because, you yes. know, they'd basically yes. be looking at the Red Bull car. Oh, they brought this part on their car this weekend. Maybe that's the way we need to go. And they're always a race behind at that point. So I don't yeah. think mercedes in a way maybe they could do that for this season just so that they're in the mix but long term that doesn't feel like a a sort of decision that toto wolf would be happy with to sort of yeah. be relied on someone else's philosophy and waiting to see what they do before they react you need to be you know in formula one it move, things move so fast you need to be you know a step of he- ahead of everyone yeah are you are you saying copy are you saying copy? I would it? never say start your thing, Johnny. Does that work? No, yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So that again, it's going to be a real difficult weekend, difficult year, I think. So then, I think Lewis is right. They didn't develop sometimes well like they did last year. I suppose you could argue they did. You know, they were able to win a race eventually, but uh, that's not what they're there for. So it's going to be a tough one. But everybody's got to to come together. But they've all got to sort of somehow work out who or what they need to be able to change the concept mindset that they've they've got at the moment because obviously it's uh, it falls a long way short. Yeah, it does indeed, mate. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Right, well, we're going to take a little quick ad break. When we come back, we'll be chatting all things Ferrari. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, coming in, Johnny, let's get into Ferrari, mate. If they have another bad weekend, is the pressure already on Fred Vasseur? I mean... Bad weekend. There were some positives to take from Bahrain. I don't know what you think, mate. Obviously, one positive for me is that when Charles Leclerc uh, unfortunately DNF'd, uh, my bet came to fruition, <laughs> which was a, a lovely moment. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but what do you think the expectation realistically should be for Ferrari this weekend? And it, it feels weird to use that word already, like realistically. I'm not saying Red Bull have got it in the bag, but, you know, they, they look strong. Do you think third and fourth, that's where they need to be finishing? So there's a bare minimum. So, so are you saying that Fred's under press already? Is that what you're, is that what you're trying to say? Listen, I'm just raising the point that, you know, Matteo <laughs> Bonotto, you know, he got the elbow out that door fairly quickly, I'd say. And everyone kind of, you know, jumped on his back. In the end. In the end, yeah. Yeah. How much time, how much sort of, you know, what do you think <laughs> Fred's going to get from the Ferrari board? It's not an easy place to... No. Or an easy job to have that is probably the most high-pressure job in Formula 1, you'd say. Yeah, no, definitely so. But, again, we're only talking about one race. We are talking about, well, at least they were sort of competitive in qualifying. Not quite quite the case when it came down to the race. But they're thereabouts. And as I said, I thought there were set-up issues that were plain to see. Now, if they're sort of pretty much there for, for us to see, that does mean there are ways of being able to calm it down to try and change the setup. Yeah, so the fundamentals are there. This, you know, what we're talking about with with Aston and Red Bull, the fundamentals of the aerodynamics are there. I think equally so with the Ferrari. The Ferrari is not not that bad. I'm not saying it's, it's better than a Red Bull. I'm not saying it's better than a than an Aston Martin. But I think the fundamentals are there. I think it's just a little setup tweak. So from Fred's point of view, there should be no pressure on his shoulders. To be perfectly honest, you know, the guys just come no. in. Yes, it's Ferrari. Yes, there are expectations. Yes, they were disappointed uh, in, in Bahrain, but give the guy a chance, crying out loud, because it's, <laughs> you know, it's not an easy thing. But I think he's more capable no. to absorb all that pressure that is there because of the way his character is and, his, and the experience he's had in the in Formula 1. And around for a while as well, hasn't he, Johnny? Yeah, and there's the various other teams that he's been involved to, the smaller teams. F2s and F3s and stuff like that. So, so he's got the experience that will be able enable him to be able to put the things right. The drivers, we saw Charles do, I think, another good job. Unfortunately, it sort of all, we all went a bit pear-shaped. Carlos, it yeah. was okay, but I suppose there was probably, they were expecting him maybe to have got a podium, but it didn't quite work out. But that may be those little problems. yeah. I don't know what you think about Carlos, Johnny, but I was a bit under... I thought he was going to come with a bit more yeah. to him this season after, you know, Charles was really had the upper hand on him last year. I thought, you know, Carlos was going to come out the gates, you know, all guns blazing because we, we know he's a quick racing driver. You know, when he was up against Lando, who's, you know, one of the hot properties in Formula One, he was quite, quite consistently over, like, the seasons they were teammates, you know, normally he would outscore Lando just about, like, it was tight. But we yeah. know that in that McLaren car, that setup he had there, he was, you know, normally 
delivering the results that the car was capable of. And it just feels like, to me, he's still a little bit uncomfortable behind the wheel of that Ferrari. He's just not able to get that last little bit, you know, where, you know, whether that's whether that's just purely Charles is just quicker over one lap or whether he's not yeah. comfortable. That's obviously the, the big question. I, I'm going to agree with you, absolutely. I expected a little bit more. But I think, if we, as we both know, there are times when we were carting, when we were doing all the sort of the formers getting um, getting ourselves to sort of winning races. There were occasions when you thought you go into a, a season, you think, right, I'm going to grab this by the scruff, scruff of the neck. Your teammate goes out there and beats you. So then you go, right, next time out, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be more aggressive. And then he beats you again. <laughs> yeah. So I think Charles is proving that he, he, is, he is more than natural ability. He's able to sort of consistently make him fast. And that is where his teammate, Carlos Sainz, mate, is struggling because he's not as quick as Charles. Yeah, that's plain to see, isn't it? As as a whole, with their time together, it's been it's been child ninety five percent of the time. You know, and, and I, I, we all like Carlos. We all love what he's about. We love his professionalism as well when he's when he's at McLaren. But of course, moving over to his time with uh, with Ferrari, but Charlie's damn good. Yeah, Charlie's difficult to beat because he is he is very consistent. I know we've had those sort of errors that we saw last year. But he is consistent, and he is damn fast, and he's damn fast all the all the time. Like we see the likes of Max and, and Lewis, for example, and Senna and Prost and PK and Mansell, etc. So yeah. it's hard to beat a teammate. It's good. Yeah. Do you think you would then put Charles in the mix with like Lewis and Max? You know, are those three drivers at the minute are they the drivers that are sort of you know maybe a, a slight level above everyone else? In terms of you know the paddock, is yeah. Charles on their level, but just needs to put it together across a season. Uh, it's probably it's going to be a horrible, horrible to uh, to say. I hope Charles doesn't hear this, but I think it's you've <laughs> got you've got Max and Lewis, and I said the greats of the, of the sport of the old. They've always been able to dig deep and always get the job done. And when there were those little mistakes that have come into play, like last year, for example, you don't see that from Max. Max doesn't sort of make these mistakes. He did, though, at the start of his career. That Yeah, but that's going back to the start of his career. Now, now, no, no, that's not the case. I agree with you, yeah, back at the beginning. But that was his aggressive aggressiveness. I remember a few Monaco shunts from Max when he was at Red Bull I do. with Danny Rick. But like you say, he's grown out of that. Do you think, Charles, it's too late for him to grow out of those mistakes? That is the absolute question, matey, because... Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's possible. It is possible for a driver to be able to work on it to get better. And then you go to Max. He was able to work on it and get better and better and stronger and stronger. And now those mistakes, they're very hard to see when they happen. They will happen, but they don't happen very often. They might happen possibly once in a season. That's how the guys win these world championships, of being very consistent. And I think he can, yes. But, it, of course, for us, when we're watching it, we've got to sort of see it. And then once we see it, then it proves that he's yeah. done the job. Or once he's proved he's done the job, then I would say, right, I'm going to put him in that mix of those of those three, okay. uh, those two. But at the moment, probably not quite yet. I've got that little question mark. We just want to see that consistency and those mistakes that we saw in the past not happen again because Lewis and Max, in their, when they're at the top of their game, they don't do that. Yeah. 
no i completely agree mate still still that little question mark but you know ferrari hopefully will come good soon and charles leclerc you know put together a challenge at the start of last season yeah hopefully we'll do the same this year exactly. just a couple of quick fire questions then about you know talk about some other teams as well yeah uh firstly let's get a uh, question from chris walsh and he's asked will alonso and aston martin be able to maintain the momentum from bahrain so can aston martin do what they did in bahrain can they build on it for this weekend i mean I don't see any reason why not. No, Obviously, no, it's so hard to say only having the knowledge of how that Aston Martin works just at one circuit at Bahrain. But I, I think that car, it looked comfortable for both drivers. When I think that Lance didn't do any pre-season testing and he right. jumped in yeah. and did the job he did, you know, that, that suggests to me that car is quite easy to, you know, to get to grips with. And it's not a real, you know, on the knife edge sort of yeah. car that's, you know, catching you out all the time. It looked fairly comfortable. That means, in my head, that should work at, you know, quite a lot of the tracks this season. Well, what do you think on, on Aston, mate? More more to come from them? Yeah, I, I expect it. I think motivation is going to be very, very high. I think Fernando's uh, determination is probably going to be stronger than it was going into into Bahrain because he knows he's got a good car. He's going to be one fired up man, isn't he? He's going to be a feisty little blighter, that's for sure. But yeah, that's good for <laughs> us. But that's good for us. That's exactly what we want to see. We want to see these guys sort of pushing the boundaries of their of all their cars. But to, to have Fernando then mixing it, you know, with you know the racing he did with Lewis, for example. But the pace he had, it was brilliant pace. It wasn't sort of a bit, a little bit sporadic and a bit messy and a bit scrappy. It was consistent the whole way through. And then you're right with Lance, you know, beaten up as he was and was able to still get himself, you know, into a into a fantastic situation at the end of that that weekend. So, so it shows the car is strong. And I think Bahrain's always quite telling in some ways because of those bumps that it does have. If you get a car that can absorb those, that means a car is actually going to be able to work on pretty much every track that you go to. And yeah. you had the bonus of actually being quick in a straight line. That should play quite well in Saudi Arabia as well. So they've got a good race car, car that looks after its tires as well. They've got uh, straight line yep. speed. Uh, they've got Saudi Arabia. They've got a lot of confidence. Sounds like a good little package coming their way and for us as well. Yeah. And one last team that we haven't mentioned yet, McLaren. So McLaren. Yes. We've got McLaren. the point of, you know, what's going on at McLaren in general, I guess, you know, is the, the way to sum up that first weekend. It wasn't strong Hilda. particularly the car didn't look particularly quick if you're lando norris what are you thinking coming into saudi arabia where's your head at you know are you still thinking about you know how we got this so wrong as a team in terms of you know have we moved moved a step back are you looking at an aston martin and going how comes they can do what we want to do and you know, my team isn't able to do that in terms of making that step towards the front. Yeah. So you're asking me, where's his head at? Yeah. Where do you think Lando, if you were, well, you know, hey, in well, Lando well, 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 position, well. You, where's his head you've at? You've played golf with him recently. <laughs> I haven't had a chat with him yet. You've had, you've had more. All what's right, all right. Where's oh. his head at? Where, where's Oof. his head at? There this was pre-Bahrain. So pre-things not quite going, you know, how McLaren wanted. He's, Expectations, he's, he's, yeah. Yeah. Before they didn't live up to expectations in Bahrain, he was really confident where I, when I saw him. I did generally think we've got a driver here that is very comfortable with his position in the team because I thought, okay, maybe yeah. Daniel Rick, you know, Danny Rick, as much as he wasn't um, delivering on track 
I would have thought he'd still be doing a lot of work leading the team off track. But it, it almost seemed to me that Lando was like, because I was one who was, you know, sort of outperforming Danny, Danny Rick, I was leading that team already. So he almost felt like I've been doing this for a year. It sounded like I've been doing this for a year, mate, leading the team, you know, getting good results. I'm just, yeah, that's yeah. my job and I'm ready to do it again this year. That was the impression I got. And he seemed really relaxed, patient, you know, knew that he he realistically kind of said from the get-go before he'd even seen what the car was like on track that it wouldn't be sort of a year where they were going to be fighting for wins consistently. He said, you know, there's that step to be made where you want consistent podiums and then you start getting consistent wins. He, he wasn't setting the bar too high. I don't think he would have been expecting it to be actually so low either, though, considering what happened in Bahrain. Yeah. But I think, I think, again, we know that, and he knows, everybody talks about him in a very, very positive way. So when you hear that, you feel that, you feel comfortable with yourself. And even when things are difficult, you're able to get through it because you've still got that determination. And the, and the, and the one thing that's good with this tough season, it looks as if it's going to be coming his way. And actually, I would say the same for George, actually. He's had this time, obviously, at Williams where it was a little bit tougher for him but he got that great reputation of being Mr. Saturday. Um, even for him in a difficult season, so Mercedes, it's going to be a good experience for him in, in many respects as well, because not every single season goes smoothly, as we know. No, this is character building, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. And you're right. It's something that I think will benefit Lando at the end of the day, because he had a lovely, lovely season, obviously, with uh, with Danny Rick. More competitive as well, I, I suppose you could say. Yeah. We are one racing. Yes, it doesn't look very positive from from his perspective. But there, there is, you're right, there is that planning of, right, do I want to s- stick with this? I know there's a long-term contract. We'll have to see if there is these um, little options in there, maybe on performance, uh, that allows him to maybe move around. So, yes, he'll be trying to sort of work out, well, where can I go if I feel that we get halfway through this season or we're still absolutely nowhere or we haven't made a step forward and I don't feel that there is a chance of us being able to give me a chance of winning winning a race right I need to sort of make a move but now it's trying to plot and work out where those places uh would be and the only two I can sort of realistically see but I could also see Lewis maybe if he's having another tough tough year thinking right I'm either I'm either going to quit or I'm going to go right there's Red Bull possibly replacing Sergio or and we've discussed him already going to Ferrari and replace Carlos yeah so that's the same for Lando because if Lando wants to make the move they're the two teams I suppose he could go Mercedes but he knows that's at the they're the struggling one of those those top three and now Aston Martin's knocking down the fourth so that would be his probably his plan. Aston Martin, that's fixed. That's that's not going to change. No, that lineup sorted. Yeah. So that Fernando could be something maybe he would I, he would start to start to think about if he has started to think about it. I'd be surprised if he hasn't. So I know what we're like as drivers. <laughs> we what? Yeah. We always plan ahead to get ourselves in a in a better position. I hope it improves. I hope it gets better because I think we all love McLaren and what McLaren is all about. Yeah, um, we all hope McLaren get back up there because, you know, the, the history they've got in Formula One, yeah. massive, mate. 
So, right, that's kind of all the, the news sort of build up for Saudi Arabia sorted. We just got, you know, yep. the last part of the show, my favourite part. What's that? Prediction What's time, John oh, mate. Oh, Yeah, Lord, sorry to honestly. bring it up again. You know, we've moved okay. on to Bahrain, mate, you know, it's it's 1-0. Yes, I have. You've moved on. <laughs> I've moved on as well because I'm now ready to make it 2-0, though. I'm feeling confident about this one. I, right, go on, well, go on then. It's to do your prediction. Yeah, so my right. prediction, we got... Three different yeah. teams on my podium. So I'm going one Red Bull, one Aston, one Ferrari. I'm going Max Verstappen to win, Charles Leclerc second, Fernando Alonso third. Boom. Well, it's not a bad one. What'd you make of that? It's not a bad one. Don't tell me that's what you wanted to say. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I think I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Max. Now, the next positions are very, very tough because I, I think Sergio will be in that mix. This time around. So I'm actually, Ooh. yeah, yeah. But then I know that Tennyson's going to be quick. Oh, and the Ferrari as well. I'll tell you what, now I'm changing my mind. I'm going to, I'm going to really push it this time around. I reckon Charles Leclerc. Okay. Charles Leclerc to win. Fernando Alonso second. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And I put Max third. If you pull this one off, I think you'd tr- out trump me. Yeah. Charles Leclerc to win. So does. So we've gone for the same podium, but we've gone in different positions. We have. You've gone Leclerc first, Alonso yeah. second, Max first. I'm going to stick with you, that. You're locking that in, mate. I'm going to lock it. You're locking oh, that I, in. I think there's a chance of a real sort of surprise coming our way. And I think it will. This season, I think we'll sort of be able to deliver those. Well, if we get that podium, mate, I think that will be an exciting race for all of us. Yours, Billy, is just the logical choice. Boring logic. Well, last week I went for a bit of creativity. So, I, you know, I thought I've, I'm going to mix it up this season. And, uh, you know, I might go one for one. One week I'm going to go out there. One Lovely. week I'm going to go with logic. And hopefully that pays off. Cheers, mate. Bit of pleasure as always. That's, yeah, been that's it for this episode. I'll, next time I'll see you, we'll be out in Saudi Arabia itself. So looking forward to that, mate. Me too. So it should be a good one. Yeah, we'll grab a coffee somewhere. Yeah, let's do it. Right, we'll be back later this week for something a little bit different uh, our team radio episode so anything you want to know about the season so far or what's going to be happening down the line in the world of formula one then do send your comments to at lift the lid odd we're planning a little post race update brought to you from the Jeddah palette this week too so keep a look out for that as we try to bring you guys as close to the action as possible and don't forget, if you've liked what you've heard, please do us a big favour. Give Lift the Lid a follow wherever you get the podcast from. And tell your mates about us, and why not leave us a little review? Thanks for being with us. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Ryan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Catch you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 